What's the biggest complaint you have on processing wild game? I can tell you, the biggest complaint we have is, where's the rest of my where's deer? Where's the rest of my deer? That, that's probably the butcher's biggest problem, not just with us, but every during wild game, they get a guy out there that takes a cutting order, and he doesn't have the experience. ability or experience, yeah. and he hasn't developed the approach to say, Brad, um, you, you don't have enough deer here to do right. 15 pounds of burger, 15 pounds of brats, 15 pounds of summer sausage. You shot this deer three times. I want to tell you something. You're going to get more meat back if you process it yourself than if you come to a butcher shop. Would that be accurate? No. 100%. Montana to Mexico, Texas to Tajikistan, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. My brain's going blank right now. Welcome to this week's episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. And thanks for joining us today. You also, had, welcome to the you, Bone Cat What? You had so much to say 10 seconds ago. <laughs> I know. See, and I without, know. The, without the clapboard, you couldn't, you couldn't even function. Well, no. I, I tried because you, you, yes, you made you a big right. stink so about it. You guys are right. So You're right. Well, here's the reality. The runway was ready, and then you guys derailed me oh, off the runway yeah. at, the right, at the last minute. So my brain is pretty one-dimensional. I get single-minded focused, my wife would say. And, uh, um, and then I'm lost. Yeah, so well. I was single-minded focused before that, and then I got focused on something else. So wow. anyway, welcome to the Bone Cave. Thanks for joining us today on this week's episode of Hunt the World with Hunt Rolling World. Bones Outdoors. And I'm here with Bleep to my left. How you doing, Bleep? I'm doing fine. Fine. Peachy keen. Peachy keen. 2024, ready to roll. Peachy keen. Okay. How about you, Brad Dana? I got Brad Dana here. I'm more than fine. I like your hat. Thanks. Badlands Rifle Company. There you go. Um, we got to do a lot more with Badlands Rifle Company. Um, uh, and uh, we got to do a lot more podcasts and start explaining that and what's happening over there. Jeff's got a lot of great things happening. And uh, we are ready to, for a big year of uh, Badlands Rifle Company and our shooting academies. We should do a podcast on that here in the next uh, Yeah. Matter of fact, I think they're on the road while we're recording this today. I think so. So that's good. And then today, though, we do have a special guest. Um, he owns the local butcher shop, um, the Black Hills Butcher Block. I actually don't even like calling it a butcher shop because I'm part owner in that. So I don't like that. I like butcher block. But butcher shop has this bloody meat content. But I will tell you this. I was in there this morning, and you're, you're um, processing uh, – Buffalo. Buffalo. Yep. There is a Scotia blood in the butcher block. Just so Never, you know. ever, ever do we process buffalo on a Friday anymore. Did you hear me? Yeah. Okay. You know what's the hardest Unless part, though? it's mine. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Can you hear him okay? I can hear him. That's Noah, Noah Maiman. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Noah Maiman. Noah Maiman, welcome to no the podcast today. Right? No introduction, right? No introduction needed. Yeah, yeah. actually. Uh, but anyway, so I do have uh, – Noah is my oldest of two sons, and, uh, um, and he is uh, running the butcher business. And my youngest is in Hudson, Wisconsin, um, in our one of our financial services offices, learning that business. So uh, I'm blessed to be in business with both my boys. And um, but Brad and I have been a big part of this butcher block thing. Uh, Brad Lindley and I, um, since you bought it, is that right? Yep. Or since we bought it, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Been so welcome work. to the show. Thank you. 
be a little wore out. I've already been. Uh, um, what, so what did you do this morning at the butcher block? What happened? Uh, yeah, we processing through some of our buffalo. We also had an interview. Oh, okay. We had an interview. God, you don't let me finish. No, <laughs> we had an interview with uh, our local news programming. Um, went through and did a detailed interview on the shop, our front retail, what we do. What did they ask you? A lot about localized processing, uh, the meat that we have in our front case, everything revolving around that. Usual questions. I mean, in today's day and age, people aren't really too keen on buying from Walmart. So three Other years ago, wiggly, stuff like we that. had this uh, this uh, Anthony Fauci virus, COVID, right? We get political on this. I like it. Um, I, I like can't it. help it right <laughs> now. Um, it good start. And and the butcher shop was crazy. Well, he was Catholic, but his uh, but his um, his level of ideals have went above him going to church now. Did you know that? I'm talking about Fauci. Uh, did, you, oh, so Fauci. did you see that interview with him? Uh, which one? Not the butcher shop. Oh, with Fauci. No, <laughs> no, yeah, he doesn't need to go I've to seen church. A few where he's, he's not a he's he's not really a practicing Catholic, even though he believes in Catholic. Anyway, anyway, let's not digress. He he's pretty much a anyway. Go ahead. But it, it got crazy. It went, the local butcher shops y- were yep. inundated, and that was what three three and a half. Well, roughly, it's almost four years now. Be four years this spring. This yeah, summer. yeah, yeah. So COVID it, definitely gave the power back to the local p- processors, which was nice. I mean, with the influx of coastal people moving into the midwest especially for us um i mean you you had people who wanted to know where their meat's from you don't need out of country style stuff i mean that's why like with you guys with hunting you can put down an animal harvest a carcass and then you know for sure that the meat inside your fridge is yours you've had it from start to finish well but i think the other thing with covid in fairness to what happened was there was so much news around the uh, distribution chains in this world slowing down and um, not being able to get things in the semi-drivers and essential workers. And grocery store people became a part of the essential worker. And then they started, everybody's like, dude, I can buy from my local butcher shop. I don't have to worry about a semi getting here. I can go get it from this ranch. So the ranchers and the butcher shops got together really fast because there was a demand for it, right? That really changed things, didn't it? Big time. And, and and that's almost gotten to be more of a uh, – is that not more of a pain in the butt now? Oh, 100%. And yeah. it's the it's the knowledge, and we'll get into it for overall harvesting animals, but the knowledge aspect of meat is one of those that I hear it a million times a year where it's like, well, actually, my family, relative, grandfather, dad, uncle, something, worked at a butcher shop, knew something <laughs> about the meat Everybody was industry. a butcher. Everyone was a butcher. <laughs> it's a skill that people can – resonate with because all it is is a man and a knife or a woman and a knife someone and a knife you know and they're just taking apart an animal when it came to what happened with covid and all this system is you had people that didn't have the information in front of them they didn't know exactly what they're getting i have couples still to this day out-of-state couples or even local couples that are just going in hey you want to know something we heard that getting a localized beef shooting a deer shooting an elk something like that bringing that in and having it in our freezer is the best possible way absolutely it is the hard part about that, though, is when you shoot an animal or when you harvest the beef, right, it's walking around at 1,300 pounds, it's walking around 800 pounds, you're not getting that back. There's a process that's hidden from right. the yeah, basic so consumer. So let's not jump into that quite yet. 
Okay. okay. Um, I, I appreciate that. And you're enthusiastic <laughs> well, <laughs> about getting us a lot of information here, Noah. And, uh, I go on forever. Really, What's well, yeah. funny because going back to the COVID thing and, yep. and the butcher and, and the, the local ranchers, and I had a I, I was just in Scottsdale, took my family over right at the day after Christmas. We spent three days. We did a desert tour. You guys have done that before, yeah, right? Yeah, awesome, yeah. You jump in a Jeep and they go bum around and Baja. show you. I, I pointed out what a – uh, jumping cactus was like, and I had a friend who sat on one. Ooh. I know, right? <laughs> Ouch. I mean, you got to look before you before you sit, <laughs> sit down. Anyway, unless you've been hunting seven days, and <laughs> and the said floating boat oh, ram is that was by. that was you, wasn't it? <laughs> anyway, go but well, you know who your but friends my, are. But my my yeah. desert my desert uh, jeep guide mm-hmm. said my friends and I are going to buy a cow. Okay, I said you are. He goes, yep. He goes because he was a retired or he wasn't retired. He was a physical therapist, and he quit at COVID because he wanted something different. Yeah. I was like, okay. Life change. And I said, well, he was a young guy. And I said, my advice to you is don't let your license lapse. He goes, no, no, I wouldn't do that. And, and he goes, yeah, I'm, we're going to buy this beef, and we're going to butcher it. Mm-hmm. And I said, have you ever butchered a cow before? Have you ever butchered anything? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he goes, well, I, I, I kind of did a deer once, and but I've been watching YouTube. I watched a YouTube video. <laughs> I hear that and all I said, the time. I said, well, just you know, the fucking YouTube videos are what kills us, okay? Because, <laughs> Google because and YouTube. everybody Whoa. thinks if they've watched Bearded Butcher, they're going to get the same amount of meat back from the perfect hind leg on a deer. We're going to talk about well, this in a second. Go ahead. Well, I told him, I said, you know what? I said, this bit of advice from a total stranger is mm-hmm. going to be free. Yep. So take it for what it's worth. Uh-huh. But I said, I've, I've butchered thousands. And then I got stopped and I said, probably not thousands, hundreds. I've butchered hundreds of animals. Mm-hmm. And I said, one of the things that I, I've noticed is if you try to do this on your own by watching YouTube, it might not turn out. It, it, the end result might not be exactly like you're picturing in your mind, right? I said, my friends own a butcher shop. Mm-hmm. And I said, here's the neat thing. I, what I've, because I, I would, I've, I've done some trades, you know, I've gotten a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I said, my, <laughs> my family has never enjoyed the free stuff that mm-hmm. I got traded for or whatever, nearly as much as when we go buy a, a prime chunk of meat. Because mm-hmm. that sucker comes in and it's already been evaluated with the hide off stamped. Yep. I said, there's a big win in that. You know what you're getting. Because I said, until you drop that ca- that cow that you're gonna, you guys are gonna go apparently buy and shoot. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't know what you're gonna get. Yep. You don't know how you know. I mean, and maybe once in a while, even when we buy a, a prime ribeye, because what do I buy when I come there? Ribeye. I buy ribeyes. Yep. Right. Um. That I, they need to genetically modify a cow so it's nine tenths ribeye, and then uh, uh, let's let's get this uh, right non GMO ribeye burger. <laughs> that's it. <Right. laughs> Just ribeye. So. Once in a blue moon, you'll get one that doesn't taste like what you're expecting. Yep. But and it's not a day fault. in and day yeah. out. Yeah. There's no fault to anyone. It's not fault to the rancher. It's not fault to the processor. But if you go in and buy one that's already pre-stamped, yep. We, you know, you know that your odds of getting one that's going to taste great is. Here's the problem. Okay, from a guy who has a meat science degree, and I told the rancher this. You were there the first year we owned the butcher shop. Rancher comes in and goes, my beef um, is all the best. Impossible. 
impossible. Because you know there's a bell curve. And, and he's like, what do you mean impossible? I said, you could feed 20 cows all the same. 35 to 40% of them are going to make a choice grade. doesn't matter how you finish. Now, you can influence the marbling a little right. bit, and you can influence the fat content of the external P, uh, 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 chemistry of a fat cow, okay, right. is what they call them in South Dakota. But the fact of the matter is, genetically, you have to cut into them and put a template on them and grade beef. So when you go to a butcher shop that is selling choice or above beef the reason it's different than you buying a cow from a farmer and having it processed has nothing to do with the butcher it has everything to do with the cow you purchased and you don't have the opportunity to say that cow there until it's dead cut and graded you don't know what it is and so if you buy the cow you have a 60 percent chance that it's not going to make choice or above so is that is that what it is that's what my next uh, approximately for 60 percent so you get 40 percent chance of choice or of, above. i'm looking at uh, you know up the selects right it, now selects at 25 i know that because is that is, is that one of the reasons you guys are doing less of that because you just know what you're going to get when you buy yeah the, because when we process a cow you get Get the guy that goes home, and if he bought a cow from Joe the rancher and his finished lot, you know, I told Noah when we started, I said, that's not where we want to go because ultimately, you know, if we want to be in the space of filling up grandma's freezer and, the, you know, because, like, we're going to run a big sale next week on pork bundles and a quarter, half, and whole hogs, uh -huh. okay? Well, we know we're going to get in select hogs because we know where we're going to source them from, and they're all going to be graded. Choice. Okay, if we just went out and bought fifteen hogs from my neighbor, head, from your neighbor, <laughs> I, I, there's there the, the grading thing is they all look the same until you cut them open, right. and they all have a different chemistry makeup because genetically, not every piece of beef was born the same way. You're lucky that my wife didn't see you whacking my neighbor's hogs up there. <laughs> oh, because yeah. the first year that she said it, yep. that we they were they only had three. Yep. And I said, oh, they're butchering, because we were on a walk. I said, oh, they're butchering their hogs today. And she goes, no, they're not. They're, they're, pe they're pets. And I said, no, 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 they're, they're, they're in the freezer. And she goes, they wouldn't do that. And I said, no, I promise you they are. How do you know? And I said, well, look at the tractor hauling that, that thing yep. that's upside down yep. right now. No, and that's, it's the, the – so you were asking questions about the overall – Selection, so you have prime choice. So and what's select. the bell? What's the bell curve breakout to? Roughly? Select prime and choice. So like select and then yeah. prime and choice. And do you have do you have an approximate? Do you know the approximate breakdown of what what a hundred cows are going to five bring you to in? six percent of all beef earns the industry prime. standard of prime? Yeah, really, five to six percent. That's it. Why do you think it's so expensive? I'm looking at a two hundred percent. So when people come in and say, "Well, you've done you've done the test comparison with your family." Didn't yeah. you tell me you went to Walmart and bought one and, and bought one from us? And, and, and maybe you yep. – maybe it wasn't you. Maybe it was no, it was. It was because I, I had different ones. And they yeah. knew, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They, they knew. So here's the thing. People come into Noah's Butcher Shop all the time and go, you're more expensive. Reality is if you priced uh, Walmart's prime beef next to our prime beef, we're not, we're not 20 cents more a pound. Now, we might cut our sticker. So – Per steak, it's more money. It's more money. Yeah, it's volume. Because Noah, Noah's, I tell Noah, an inch is our standard. That's the size of my thumb. Well, Noah, put your thumb next to mine. I know, for crying in a bucket. Have you ever seen <laughs> pause? Look at that, bleep. So that's my thumb. That's his. So Noah goes, I just use the thumb measuring <laughs> method, Dad. For, for the love of Jesus, Noah, squish your thumb together. So my hand is a size eight. That's what glove i wear i don't know what the heck yours would be i bet they don't make a glove i is. can't get gloves yeah <laughs> we, we uh we did hides this year and the guy was dropping off the gloves they still do that hides for gloves oh but really they're not the buckskin ones anymore they're the two dollar ones you get from cabela's and the 
Oh, yeah, the whatever yeah. pile. Um, I d- tried on a double XL, couldn't fit. <laughs> I was like, well, this is this is great. No. Well, so so your business, because mm-hmm. I kind of jumped into the story. I don't. I, no, I jumped right. right into the meat of it. Well, we're not even talking about that today. But, yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> but we're gonna talk about wild game. Because yeah, that's what I was gonna. I was gonna segue to uh, wild game, and it's funny because I I haven't been down there as much this year. Mm-hmm. As I have in the past, yep. But I hear the same conversation when I'm in there because you you'd be running around. I you know I need to talk to somebody. Oh Noah, you're off the table and you're going to talk. Yep. That's the conversation. Everybody want. I mean, when they when they bring a deer down. Yep. Okay, we live in a we live in an interesting place. We have we have Black Hills deer, which I, I think that's a pretty big season for you guys, isn't it? Mm. Not incredibly huge. Not no. anymore. West River's huge. But, and then we have West River deer. So those are the big two, and they're they're genetically they've got to be two totally different beasts. Hundred percent. Because your your West River deer, mm-hmm. I I mean, what what do you think the average? Well, it's hard to say because you have so many different deer. I can coming give you through. an answer for that. Okay. Yeah. The, so for Black Hills and West River, the hard part with West River, and this is going to sound insane, but those mule deer and the uh, whitetail that are living on like the prairie, right, actually have a bigger body than Black Hills ones. Oh, for, uh, it, no, it, no, 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 yeah. no. I mean, just to describe okay. to everyone. Yes, yeah. because we're not look because you would think we have the big mountain buck. Well, this but is these almost a, its own genetic. Yeah. I think it's actually one of the only bu- deer populations that migrate. Well, I think it's the only whitetail population that, that might that, that migrate, considers yeah. the whole herd migrating so that's number one and then number two it would be more indicative uh, th- from size perspective of what a coos deer would be. well that's why you guys have always yeah, hear me tease mm-hmm. i have i have shot 100 black hills coos deer <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> right well because the, there's they just now you can get you you'll run into the big old buck those are the ones that are sitting on those uh wildlife preservation areas and when you bring those in you're talking about like actually like on a deer having a fat cap it looks like a piece of pork it's ridiculous and they just get so like but day in and day out those deer are what 125 deer 125 pounds is that is that i mean for carcass hanging right now that we've been sitting the only numbers i can 100 percent give you are the last ones we've been running does and these are like older mature does that people shooting right doe weigh 98 pounds oh no 60 Sixty-five to seventy. You're talking about a complete. You know, you, know, you got to remember. Are these are these Black Hills? Yeah. Does yeah. that are coming in? Yeah. Okay, so you, th- it's just doe season. So you you got to remember though. You this is what I tell everyone, and it's yeah. the same. There was fifteen head in there when I walked out today. Wow. We have elk too. And, two elk. and so the hanging weight is sixty-six pounds. Did you say you have? Yep. Probably. So you have. So live weight is a hundred pounds. You have walking. You have walking weight, and you instantly lose sixty percent of your weight in guts, head, hide, and hooves. Third, third, and third. Yep. The rule of thumb is you learn a third when you got right. it. So the third when you cut. So they were roughly a hundred pound deer, hundred yes. pound does. Yep. So those Black Hills bucks are what would you say maybe 140, 160 pounds? About that, yeah. And then and then the average big a buck. Big one would be one sixty. Okay. So the average big buck river. from the okay. So we got West River now. The West River deer are bigger than the deer that we're you're pulling across from Montana and Wyoming yep, too, because yep. you're you t- do tons of Wyoming elk and deer. Yep, and antelope. Yep, you, just, you got gods of them and a big number of Montana. So mm-hmm. these these uh, West River mature mule deer, they're pushing three hundred pounds, aren't they? No, no, no. no. The big, big ones? No. How I want you to know, Brad, just for example, this is this is one of those things. We had we took an elk in the other day, right? It was a full cow elk from Wyoming or Montana. Okay. 
it looks huge, right? You're hanging it up. It's from nose to tail or nose to back uh, hoof. It looks giant, right? You take everything off. It weighed 186 pounds. A cow. Cow. Cow elk. So no, I've I, had bulls in that weigh 215. Too, I know so one of the, the bigger bulls that carcass weight that I, I, I had was you, 444 pounds. Yep. Not, for, not, for what's that? Carcass weight of uh, a big Montana bull that I had because we, we were able to bring right, it in. Right, so all. that's a big Montana bull. The biggest bull we ever had in um, was shot by um, a local guy who is not very smart, not very don't bright. Don't bring that up. Um, that is an outlier. No, I, I, don't, I don't want people to but, think that's but, a normal elk. Reason, <laughs> hold on. The reason I'm bringing it up, guys, uh-huh. is because there is perspective here, okay? Yeah. I have processed thousands of animals right okay thousands um and um and have been a part of processing thousands right people would tell me all the time i shot an elk thousand pounds total bullshit i called foul on it every single time because you just said you had a big bull and you took it in what did it weigh the carcass weight was 444 444 the biggest besides and Turbo then John. and yep. then and then we had the shaquille o'neal bull right that Actually, was genetically a was a thousand super, super freak pounds, and we have pictures. Thousand seventy eight. We have pictures of it. Its front quarter at next to a beef quarter was exactly the same. That was with everything on it after we weighed out, though. That wasn't. No, a, yeah, carcass. Just so you know, that's what I took it as. I, the carcass weight wasn't a thousand pounds. No, I no. understand that, yeah. but a thousand pounds. Yep. So, but when we put it up, the front shoulder of that elk mm-hmm. was the same size as a hundred and seventy-five pound front quarter of a beef cow yeah and that was one in thousands that we have processed right okay so like bailey's deer she shot a big deer but body wise it wasn't a giant i know what it was huh i remember the weight how much was that deer it's 148 pounds 140 that was carcass weight yep so it would have been so another so it was been 270 260 yeah, no, it would have weighed two, less than that. 240 something. Yeah, 240 pounds. 240 pounds. But that was not a giant. Okay, so like that buck, mm-hmm. that was a giant mm-hmm. bodied deer. So, so add 40 pound to Bailey's, and that's what that would have been. So 280. 280. Okay, so 280. The, the bigger, but those these, deer, but 280. Okay, three so, to, 330 to 400 pound mule deer, people tell you. you right. Know, that, that's just not No, I'm right. just trying to get a perspective. So right. that's the big one. And how many of those do you see? 10 a year? 280 pounders in? Four. Four. Yeah. Five. Okay, so hundreds and hundreds most of, of the deer that you process are going to be um, <laughs> it's all right. probably 160 pounds then. I, well, that's my guess. What, what is the number? What do you I think? I would say on an average you're looking at about 100 and, 150 to 50 160 pounds. deers. Yeah. So 150-pound deer. Now, that's on the hoof? 150 pounds? Because, I mean, yeah. I, literally when I, when I walk in there, I see – I mean, a lot of people – I mean – there are a lot of fawns laying in there too. I mean, the, so the average and the mean. I mean, th- that throws things off because yeah. you got the four giants, but you got way more than four. Brad's had coffee today, <laughs> but you got way more than four of yep. those uh, like deer. That's like what the heck? Yep. That and, and you know what? If they're doe hunting and mm-hmm. it's a, and it's alone, sometimes yep. you just maybe you don't know if you're you know. The other thing that you see, which is a side of. Uh, wild game processing that a lot of people don't see is when you take in high volumes of animals, they're going to hang for a few bit. Now they're not going to hang for two weeks like a beef does, but they're hanging there for seven days. Now you got to think they get skinned twice for the most part, the, yeah. the hard part about it. And this is what I have to explain to a lot of people is when you talk about the anatomy of an overall deer. And if you're hanging it for, let's say four days, right? Most people like back in the day were like, Hey, hang my meat. Cause I want those backstrap tender. I want those rounds tender. Right? There's a thought process behind it. There's an actual science, but the hard right. part is now your interior rib meat, which we don't even touch 
is an eighth right. of an inch thick. Right. You have so, everything that just. So let's let's back up because we're 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 going at this aggressively, which I love. But what's the biggest complaint you have on processing wild game? I can tell you. I we had a conversation with a guy the other day. We have never in the. Four What's years. the biggest complaint? On yeah. the going on the four years we've had it, we've never had one single complaint about the quality of meat. The biggest complaint we have is, where's the rest of my where's meat the at? rest of my deer? Well, that's what I hear when I'm down there, and I'm like, okay, so that's why I was that's why I was fumbling around so much with the, what is what is the average weight? So we'll say 150 pounds. Okay, let's use that. Yeah. 150 pounds. Yep. So you're gonna get 50 pounds of meat basically. Is that roughly if you don't unless you well, do if, unless if, you do a bunch of you mean sauce. hoof weight 150. Yeah, 150 pounds on the, and that's probably. But even if you do sausage, here's the other thing: a guy comes in and he says, "I want my, I want my hind legs in a jerky." Well, you're going to lose 30 percent dehydrate, uh, 30 to 40 percent right. of the weight when you throw it on the thing and it dehydrates it out. You have 25 percent if you add 30 percent into that. That's seven point five pounds, right? Well, you're putting that seven point five pounds in. You're going to lose six pounds. Okay, explain <laughs> to everybody what 30 percent is. So we add 30 percent pork to every. Uh, piece of sausage we Pork. make okay yes. so reason, only sausage the reason yeah. we do that at the butcher block okay it, yes. is because we want a product that goes out that tastes like something you would buy in a grocery store and so what happens is wild game by its nature the chemistry the the makeup of wild game is very high in saturated or a cholesterol low in saturated fat right okay so what happens is is that it it will not adhere to a cooking process really well, it gets dry and crumbles. Everybody knows that. Right. You try to make a patty out of it, it just crumbles apart. So what you need to do is you need to extract the protein into another protein and have it bind together. And through that process, you need a wet, moist meat. And so pork is considered the other white meat. What it does is when you put those two proteins together and you extract them, the extract the protein process through a mixing process, it adheres to each other and it actually does extract the protein content to become one batter or matter. Do you see what I'm saying? Then when he puts it in the smokehouse, it will basically infuse into a product that when you slice it, it's like it's good. It's dense. It has flavor and, and there's moisture in it. And so go ahead back to if a guy has 15 pounds or 20 pounds of trim, mm -hmm. what do we add? That. 7.5 percent or 7.5 pounds, pounds seven and a half pounds of pork so now to your question he had 12 pounds 7.5 let's say so he's now now he's got what 19 20 pounds right. he's rough 20 pounds you throw it in the smoker you're gonna lose 15 percent no, but i'm just getting so how, most of your deer do they get sausage and jerky orders or most of hey butcher this thing is that let's say i come in and i throw a I throw my deer on it, and I say, yep. oh, this is the biggest deer I've ever shot. Yep. It's a giant. I want to save the – I want to cape it, and I save the head. I get all that back. Yep. And it's 150 pound on average hoof weight. You're expect you're expecting between 50 and 60 pounds of meat to hand to me later. No, so 100 and, 150 pounds, right, and you're okay. going to do that 60%. Your animal carcass is now hanging at 90 pounds. Now, 90 pounds is still a pretty big deer. That's like a seventh grade So how, ma how many pounds – how many, how, how many boxes am I going to get? One. One. I'm gonna get one. If you get more, <laughs> if you get more than one box, it's because you got sausage. Okay, so you're gonna get one box. How much do those wax boxes hold? Those wax boxes usually. So 60 pounds. I'll give you the answer. To the okay, question. so that's you're what going, I'm saying. You're getting about 45 to 55 pounds of meat back for a decent. Size oh, that's deer. What, okay. So you're getting 50 pounds from my my buck that I brought if in. If you shoot it in the lungs and you're not damaging okay, the front shoulder. Okay, and now we're gonna go back because I ne Have you ever seen one that I shot behind? 
the shoulder, no. and, I, and I put one bullet hole in no, it. No, you usually start at the ass. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Boy. So that's he set himself up. That's there. if uh-huh. somebody does a perfect long shot, one shot. The average shot, the n- average number shot that we see on our animals, it doesn't matter if it's an elk, doesn't matter if it's a deer, is always three. Oh, so, is it really? Isn't so I have to give you an example. We were at Christmas Day. I told no, I'm, we're not taking any wild game in because if I'm working there, I don't like it. Number one and number two, we don't. I don't <laughs> even want it around with what we're doing, right? And we try to separate as much right. as we can, and we do. But um, anyway, a guy brings his deer in, and I walk back because Noah's Noah's like running me out the door, like, "Do not come back here," because he he's, he knows I'm going to lose my mind, right? And so I go back there, and I see this guy, and I'm like, "What are we doing, Noah?" And he's like, "Dad." The kid shot the deer. They, they come up here. I'm it's not turning deal. them away. It's Christmas Eve. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to stab you in the shoulder, and you're going to have trauma. <laughs> so anyway, so Noah Noah walks in. I'm walking back in. Noah goes, okay, well, fantastic. We'll get this thing taken care of. And the guy goes, I should get a ton of meat back. And I just froze at the door. That, I was like, that's the red flag. This is what my red flag is. I was like, I wanted to turn around. And Noah looked at me and was like, Get your ass back in the butcher shop and go help a client with a prime rib roast because I don't need you back on the processing platform or the receiving deck at this moment. Because then the guy goes, he shot it through both shoulders and the bullet went clean through with a 300 Remington short mag. Oh, bullet nice. caliber choice by a lot of hunters is always a skew. Like, I don't know how many people come in and they go, yeah, I'm running a uh, seven. Well, you know, I'm running I, a 270. In, in my little fumble farting adventures that I come down periodically. Yeah. And, uh, and I always, my first question to Noah is always, what did he shoot it with and where did he shoot it? And Noah's like, ah, yeah, I just, we're I, don't ask. I, 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 and I'm like, Noah, <laughs> come on, man, I want to, I want a detailed we're breakdown. Right, seven hundred to a thousand head. Oh, we're yeah. not but how many times do I say? Oh, I, really, I yeah. just finally quit asking. I'm like, hey, you're a no source of information. But they are, they're usually shooting them with a big gun. Yep, over calibered rifles. Thirty caliber is the probably the the, the, the most, thirty yeah. caliber is the most popular it's to shoot. Thirty thirties, two seventies. <laughs> 270 to 30 caliber, usually 308, 30, 30-06. 30-06 30 is, is this still huge? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, it's been 30-06, 30, 30, and 270. I, it's like a dime. If someone tells me, hey, what would you shoot this with? I shot it with 270. Oh, it was your grandpa's gun. Yeah, how would you know? Right. Because I don't know many young people that are buying 270s nowadays. Right. Yeah. But that's a totally different question. So <laughs> now I remember one day that you came in and you said to us, because it was that deer right there. And you said, you came walking up to me, and he goes, you guys got to start shooting these deer with something small. What did you shoot that deer with? <laughs> and I said, well, we shot that deer with a twenty-two Creedmoor. Yep. <laughs> and you go, oh, okay. I guess you don't have to go smaller then. Yeah. But you, but – the that velocity takes the velocity yeah. creates trauma. So everybody listening to this, just because you shot that deer through the front shoulders, first of all, I want to tell you something. You're going to get more meat back if you process it yourself than if you come to a butcher shop. Would that be accurate? No, hundred percent. Because we are not pickers; we're butchers. And at our butcher shop, I have a rule. If you wouldn't eat it or serve it to your mother, which right. I actually have to enforce this rule sometimes, um, if you wouldn't eat it or serve it to your mom for Sunday dinner, do not. We're not processing it. And I'm the only one who gets the reverse rule. No, 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 Brad. There's enough. We, we can save some of that. <laughs> I'm like, 
No, there's too many tendons and stuff but in that little But what we're not going to do right? is pick out shoulder shot. Right. And these deer get shoulder shot. What? what so what's the uh, a foot pounds of pressure of a thirty? Uh, just give us a give us the ballistics on any caliber right if now. If you hit if you hit that front shoulder blade or God forbid that ball joint that connects the shoulder blade to that front arm, and you hit that correctly, which is usually positioned right where that heart would be, it turns into a bomb. Right, and you which sh- using a good bullet. Yep, it does. and you shrapnel the right everywhere. bullet. No, you did a you got a good you shot. Meat trauma down. clear into the neck. Would you? Would that be an exaggeration? Though? That's the other thing. One hundred percent. No, you have bone fragment, but the other problem is if you hit this thing and that goes with a lung shot, you're going to have so much blood that blood's going to seep into that localized meat around there, and you're going to have a ton of bloodshot. Now, if you've ever had a bloodshot steak, you you'll never care about the yield of your deer again. Right. You want the best possible meat. You want quality. Yeah. Well, Brian, you ask. I'm going to answer this. Some because people. Um, so, <laughs> your your seven mag, which is one of our favorite calibers, a seven insert name of whatever popular <laughs> cartridge in the yep. seven mag world you're going to shoot, right? But if you're going to shoot it and it's uh, and it's in the hills here, and because you're not shooting 500 yards away, because this is a mountain buck and it's most of that's dense, you're going to shoot it. You're going to have uh, with the bullet that we often would use. You're going to have 3,100 foot pounds of energy. Yeah, that's a car. But Okay, that's interesting because I see I'm not an energy because I know on my ballistic charts, I never look at that. I'm indifferent to that. Yep. Because I want, I'm looking for the bullet. I want havoc when I put it right where I want it to go. Yeah. Um, but that's not, it, it depends on what you're looking for. If this meat is the most important thing, probably is not a 30 out six with a, a Barnes or a, a bonded bullet or something like that is that not probably pretty good put it right behind the shoulder you want to know an unpopular opinion and it d- but here's the thing even if you put a bonded bullet it's definitely absolutely going to cause less trauma okay yeah. but you have that much the difference between it you want it to save the most meat become a bow hunter yeah be- be- because you're killing the animal with evisceration you, exsanguination you, you, it what's a exsanguination yeah i yeah. I, I you, right, you're not eviscerating it in the fact that you're you're. Uh, um, it's it's it, bleeding from hemorrhage. It's bleeding from hemorrhage. Yeah, and so what happens or, is you shove that or no oxygen, you're going to collapse right. both lungs. Basically, that's what I was going to say. What you're doing is you're suffocating the animal. Yeah, and so if you want the most meat, suffocate the animal. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, and that's the way to do it. So the way to do that is to take uh, three or four blades of razor blades and shove them through both lungs. And then those lungs collapse because there's a hole in them. Right. And then they fall apart and the animal gets dizzy and goes, what's going on? I feel a euphoric state of, and it passes out yeah. and you, it, it dies. You're basically popping the pleural cavity and both lungs collapse. And and it's I, I would I would assume it's relatively painless. Yeah, and, and of and, course, and it just it just makes them feel dizzy and they pass out. So then what happens is you say said animal you then you do eviscerate it. Okay, you take yeah. the guts out and then um, uh, a laceration, not evisceration. You, you're killing it from a laceration, right? You're killing it from cutting its lungs open. Okay, is what I meant to say. So then you go eviscerate it. Guess what you have? You have cuts that went through yeah. both of its lungs. Right. Razor blades. Right. No damage. Right. Or very little. Right. Right? Right. And then you take that to your butcher shop. And you know what your butcher does? He makes a YouTube, and they're called the fucking bearded butchers. (laughs) And then what happens is immediately everybody goes, that's what I want to do is do it that way. Well, guess how many people have that happen in the 
during hunting season in West River, South Dakota, East, uh, Eastern Wyoming, and Eastern Montana? Well, I think we sell. <laughs> it's funny because I just looked. I looked up. Uh, there were two hundred and eighty thousand hunters in South Dakota, or something like that. <laughs> Seriously? I, yeah, I was. Well, I can't. Like, I can't remember why. That, I was that doesn't this up. blow me away because uh, Wisconsin's like a million. Right. Go ahead. Um, anyway. I can't remember what I was looking for, but I, I would assume most. I, I, I would assume very, very few animals are actually shot with archery equipment. How right. many? How many? So you let's say you bring in a thousand animals. Okay. How many of those thousand are archery kills? One hundred thirty-eight. Thirteen percent. Mm-hmm. We had one hundred thirty-eight archery animals in this year. And that included elk. Hmm? That no, included this is elk. deer. Oh, okay. So elk we had a and you guys didn't do probably quite so probably twenty a quarter of them maybe are archery kills in South Dakota. Yeah, a decent amount. Okay, well that's interesting. That's higher than I thought. It but would. it's not just South Dakota. We get them from Montana. Oh, right, 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 right. You want to know the reason behind that though? There's a logical reason behind it. Weather. Right, archery season's early. Everybody gets it is their deer processed degrees. out here because oh, they need to get it's it warm. And they November, it's freezing. I mean, not this year, but and November. So people, people like to drag their deer around for a week or two <laughs> when it's cold and show their buddy and have right. it hang in their right, truck. Right. And, you know, j- just kind of be cool with it. Look, I killed deer. Okay, and then they come in and then they go, can I get seven boxes back? So so you have, uh, a, higher, you have a higher preponderance of needing to have it butchered by somebody else. Not because of the butchering, but because of the cooler. People do people process elk through us usually because of size, but also because of weather. Right. I mean, you put an elk down, like even you guys, you guys both would know how to process an elk. That's a lot of processing yep. for a normal person. Deer, hundred percent weather based. Right, thousand percent. Well, even here, these these mountains are different. Um, it's not there's you're very few people mm-hmm. hunt horseback here because you can't get far enough from something. Yeah, and people dump dump a four-wheeler and they'll drag it they'll go in the craziest oh, yeah. places and drag them so i imagine most of your stuff comes in whole elk, most elk wise we we actually last year was the first year that we i decided. would say it's 50 50 elk wise is it elk wouldn't you say 50 50 comes in whole and the other ones are quartered chunks bags freezers um for elk the only reason that would be applicable is because we do get so many wyoming and montana yeah and you have to take it apart to bring it across state lines Oh, interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I would say half. <laughs> so um, half, which is so the worst case scenario, right? Because because then mean, we reskin them again. Well, because then when you get them half, when you get them in quarters, and it's not like it is in Alaska. That that pile of meat does not get the same Ooh, TLC. No. It's hot. It's dirty. I mean, there's grass. You're you're bringing up. Most people do they bring four quarters and two back straps? I've seen everything, Brad. You seen everything? No. Right? No. Are you fucking kidding me? No. Most people bring this bags of shit and they throw it in there. Oh, they bone it. And no, no. they don't know what they do. They just oh. chop it apart. I had a guy. Who we brought, have to identify it. I had a guy who brought. Listen um, to me say it. We have to. I wasn't even in there much. <laughs> I had a. I've, I've I've had a guy who's taken. Um, uh, elk was brought in. They sawed it straight in half, right? So they cut through the tenderloins and the back straps. They cut through it right at the hips. They partially deboned because they didn't want the meat to get hot. So they took it off with the skin still on. This is all skin on. They okay. slipped well, it down. Their strategy. They slipped it down from the shank. <laughs> well, everybody's got a strategy. Well, no. Is it a good one or so, is it not? I but don't know. does it create a good yield? So okay, so I have another question for you. Noah. So there. What, okay, hold on. What is that? Okay. There's okay. So you made a good shot on an elk, Noah, mm-hmm. right through both lungs of the thirty thirty. Yep. Okay. 
And so we know we're going to have some trauma damage loss. Let's say you didn't hit the shoulder, but you were in the meat in the back. How much loss are you going to have um, from both, uh, basically, um, uh, uh, both of rounds? Yeah, no, not the rounds. Both of the front shoulders, both the arm front cut rotes. How much? Thirty uh, percent of the arm cut rotes are going to be gone. Thirty percent? Forty? Are we talking about deer or elk? No, elk. Just say elk. elk. Yeah, I would say thirty percent of. The shoulder, the arm cut roast where the, the most dense meat is going to be, yep. is going to be gone. Yep. Because that's right behind the shoulder, but yet protecting lungs. It's yep. not through the ribs. It's through the shoulders where the lungs are placed. So you got 30% of that's gone. Yep. Right? On an elk. Yep. Okay? Then they have some cockamamie way of trying to keep it cool, which, God bless them, they're trying to get the, the meat cooled. Right. Okay? How much do you lose from having to reskin from exposure to soil, bad air, and spoilage? Thirty percent more in, in in the worst just, case. Let's just do it. 30. Worst case scenario, I would say sixty to seventy. Okay, but so let's say best case scenario. Best case scenario, 30. 30 percent. It's always thirty. Okay, so now the front shoulders, you've lost sixty percent of them. You have, uh, you can't visually see it on the podcast, but you you maybe have. You went from a full front shoulder, right? Now you're talking about maybe four pounds, five well, pounds. See, I have a totally different perspective on this because i figure if i want more meat i just need to shoot more deer and elk and whatever right? that's the best way to go about it i need more tags yeah but I, I i often hear that so what is the tell me what you would prefer okay rifle only okay what shot would Head you shot. prefer if a hit well okay now <laughs> realistically asked. okay that's, that's a good point no if you yep okay from can our, i tell you to be honest with you that's okay. a really fair question no and i would both say next shot Okay. People well, those, prioritize those, the neck. And in much. Wisconsin, that's what everybody did that wanted to kill. You shot the neck. Okay. Well, in South Dakota, that's not a good shot. In South Dakota, honestly, so then this I is. I wouldn't. I mean, okay, I'm going to take. Wisconsin, Minnesota, your average shot's 90 to 100 yards. Okay. It's in the bush. Or less, maybe. Or less. Yeah, 30 so yards, I bet. 50. 70 with a rifle. Yeah. So let's just shoot it in the neck. It's the size of, you know, yeah. a, a dog. You know, it's neck. You know what I'm saying? And if you hit it in the neck, you're going to break its neck, and you're going to save all the meat. So how many people do you suppose in Minnesota, Wisconsin, wound with the neck shot? Not as many as you think. No? Very because low. you think of a 270 on a deer of a neck, what's that circumference, seven, eight inches inside the Yeah, hollow? but if you, if you don't clip. When I say, you know, and it's probably more like in front of the shoulder neck uh-huh. is where they're usually doing yeah. it. But, yeah, I mean, it, okay. it happens. So – now we're not in Minnesota, Wisconsin, where where we're at. And I'm you ask to. him what no, would I, be the best shot, okay. next shot. Okay, practical. Okay, what do you want to see? What caliber? What type of bullet? Where do you want average uh, Brad shooting the sucker at? On an With average Brad. deer over the past two years that we've seen that I've seen it, if a six six five anything that's fast, small, like that twenty two PRC that you guys shoot, it's actually pretty nice. Now, it does have a lot of – Creedmoor. Yep. Creedmoor, sorry. That goes through. It has a lot of – um, yeah, it's power behind it. Isn't it? Yeah. But if it's 150, 200, 300 yards away, honestly, center mass, pull the trigger. So I was just going to say the same thing. Back lungs, liver, Yep, that's the best shot. I've saved me. I've had people who have critically injured these animals, right, with what they quote-unquote consider a gut shot because, you know, the guts are kind of destroyed when you get up to it. Yeah. Front shoulders, fine. Back hinds are fine. Tenderloins are fine. Your back strips look amazing. Your neck still has meat on it. And honestly, the only thing that you that really got hurt was your water bill because you're going to have to wash it out and your pride because you didn't think you made an ethical Good shot. Point. 
when in actuality it was totally so fine. the 30 calibers are the most common do you ask people more now what they shot what it they with. shoot it with yeah, i do it but not, I, every day I, I, every right, time <laughs> right when there's people lined up yeah, you he's can't not to you answer can't the question that. i tell all my guys this and this has been a rule this year transparency in the start is way more important than trying to explain after right. the fact right so the reason i ask isn't for the same reason you ask right. which is trying to get all the info i say it because when a guy says oh i shot it with a 270 i shot it with this 300 i go well just so you know you're gonna have a lot more trauma because you shot it with a big bullet now i do it in a way that positive i go hey what caliber are you shooting with oh i'm shooting with a 300 yeah i just got it and it's you know it's just you know what keep shooting with that because honestly you put the animal down in one shot this thing was dead the second that bullet hit it you're not gonna get much feedback <laughs> just so you know right. byproduct you 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 lift well, them up and you tell them the information so they what's know. the worst shot the brad shot right through, I, yeah <laughs> yeah the brad right. shot right through the back legs <laughs> Ah, um, that was good. In my that opinion, the back legs, if you shoot a back leg shot on that, right, like if, if it's quartered away and you shoot it in the hinds, you are losing effectively 50, 40, okay. 40, 50. No, no, yeah, 50 oh, I, I, I didn't do a very good question for you then. What <laughs> is the best the, – what is the worst shot where – you should be aiming for it. Shoulders, Ob- front shoulders, that, and, that's, and that's what most people do. They put it right on the right in the middle of that front shoulder, right where that ball joint comes in right. that Noah's talking about, from its front leg to its blade bone. That one just causes havoc, doesn't? Because <laughs> you got well, bones everywhere. Like like Brian said, you you blow that shoulder blade up. There's so much meat in there, and you got to remember, we've got it down to a point where we're professionals. We can get a deer done in eight minutes. We're cycling through this, and it's going to be clean. It's going to be high quality, and it's going to be out the door, ready to go. I'm not having one of my guys pick through that, and they're right. not attentive enough to be able to pick through every single piece. Now, you take home, you're eating your elk with Bailey, right? And then all of a sudden, she loses a filling or pops it in her tooth because one of my guys missed a bone. Right. That's not something I'm going to have on my conscience. No, no. So I would rather have a hunter. I'd rather have a hunter. Less meat and more teeth. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'd rather have a hunter. That's the butcher yeah. blocks. Less, Less meat, meat, more, more teeth. teeth. <laughs> so, because your dad yep. loves the behind this shoulder, lower third shot. That's was, where he almost always aims. Yeah, yep. I love it. And I almost never aim there no you take out both shoulders i take out both shoulders let's take out the transmission (laughs) which is good it's a good shot it gets it down it's what it's supposed to be done but yeah there's a it comes with a cost there's a there's thousands of butchers in the country that'll hear me when i say this but it just it it, when you see an ethical shot set on on deer it's probably like the worst part of the day because you're like oh great i'm gonna have to look think through this get this all set up and it's good for hunters and we're all hunters every butcher's a hunter i don't know one who's not and you know the process behind it but you definitely know that you have to explain people have to start realizing especially with hunting getting as big as it is because you just said how many people in south dakota oh you know what quarter uh, million basically uh, uh, yeah it was said. more than that i think so so, so quarter million up? people they a walk a third of the population's hunting is the population still 750 around here uh nine t- 920 yeah Ooh. almost a million so, so a quarter of the population's hunting. So I'd like to explain to all the listeners that we're not we're not shitting on deer hunters and rifle hunters. No, God no. What we're trying to do is have an we're trying to communicate what should be a expectation, expectation of what's a reasonable expectation. Yeah, what's a reasonable expectation when you take a deer in that you've shot? Now, if you add one more bullet to that equation, it's significantly changing the amount of meat you're getting back. And then on top of that, there's one other element that drives me crazy. And maybe you can speak to this, Noah. 
But when people shoot the oldest buck they can find mm. during rut, mm. by the if it's in our butcher shop for three days with no fat, and <laughs> how, tell us why that is the worst yielding animal in the world, even though it's the biggest animal on the on in the field thank you for bringing this up i love this topic so when it, it doesn't matter if it's the old buck the absolutely massive whitetail massive mule deer massive uh elk elk doesn't matter bull, you what do what do those males like to do breed fight, fight and breed right they're gonna have gore marks they're gonna have pustules in the neck front shoulder areas no body fat nope which gives it's us gonna no be protection. leaner than anything because yep. they're they're just gonna be rutted out they're just gonna be ready to go you, if you want to have a good meat animal, go shoot. What's a the blood density color of a mature oh, buck? Oh, good God, just dark, like dark, I, dark. The deer that your dad shot, he had, he was all gored up and he was full of pus. Yep, he lost a gob. And if you have a pus pocket, right, that's about the size of a quarter, you want about three inches of room before that infected area. You have to cut all that out. Right. Yeah, you want to. So if you have three, well, there goes your shoulder. <laughs> and then if it sits in the cooler for a day and a half, two days with no f with no protective fat, mm -hmm. or and it, and it's all its membranes are totally completely wore out. Yep. Do you not have to reskin those animals? Hundred percent, especially on tenderloins and backstraps. In a perfect world, now. You can skin your animal. You can do it. If you ever want to bring your animal to a butcher, well, we'd love to process the whole animal. The best possible scenario for hunters, and I hope they get this and set it up, it's you can teach the kids, you can teach the family, you can have your time, and then give all the hard work to the butcher. Take your back traps out. Everyone knows how to do that. Take your tenderloins out. Those things won't last in the cooler. No, I would say not take your tenderloins out. I'm going to argue with you a little bit. I would say take your tenderloins out immediately. Right. Leave the hide on and bring us the animal. Do you want to do That's going to get you the best yield. Leave the hide on, bring us the animal, but take your tenderloins immediately. If you want a field to table with your kids, reach, what did we do when I taught you? Let me see your scar from the first deer you had to gut. Let can, me see it. Can you guess which one? Um, no, I know you have a bunch of them. Okay. So um, so that scar right there, um, I, I Noah killed a deer, and um, and he goes, I want, since he's been like two, he's wanted to do all this shit himself he goes i'm gutting this i said okay but just watch out and he goes um my buddy goes he's gonna cut himself and so i said i'll give him some advice to keep him from cutting himself i said noah this is the knife you put it in your right hand and if you don't get your left hand in front of the knife you can't cut yourself <laughs> and so noah cut himself immediately bloods everywhere but he gutted it but what do we do we took those tenderloins out put them in a ziploc bag threw them in the pack and um and took the deer to the butcher shop Nope. Off you go. To answer your question, you just asked me two years ago. So this is two years old. South Dakota, uh, it said, was the number one state with the most registered hunters. That was interesting. Um, I don't know what that means. That's per know, capita. Um, but they sold 212, 213,000 licenses. Yeah, it's obviously, it must be I, per capita, I would say. Or, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not volume, yeah. I would yeah. say per capita. But I think that's a lot of, uh, that's got to be a lot of upland game. And, and oh, sure, pheasants. Yeah. You know, I mean, because, you know, that's. that's, it's, that's, that's would, a, that would have the a time and a quarter of the. So, of the population. so it's interesting though because so you would say one of the lowest yielding animals is the biggest animal you get which is the old bull the old deer yep. um no matter mule deer whitetail it's the exact same thing we you asked about beef earlier right a buffalo for example beef buffalo it's either way the biggest animal you can possibly get is a 12 13 year old bull that's going to get you all this meat unfortunately it's all going to be burger right why 
It's old. Yeah. I mean, would you rather and bone? The yeah. bones are huge. Bone density on an the, animal. The yeah. bones are huge. People go, well, I should have got. I got more on my fat cow than I did that. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. The bones, the head, the hooves, everything are just bigger. You know. Yep. Bones density animal. We had a we had an elk come in. Uh, it was set up off it. It was this big old mature bull, right? Pustules all on its neck. Um, shoulders were all gored up. Bones big. It was the worst possible scenario. We got a 35% yield off total on that elk, and I explained everything to them. I showed them. I actually saved the bones so they could look at them. And when they left after the explaining, they were totally happy with it. It's just the explanation that people But uh, you, the, the unfortunate thing for the butcher is you have to ha- you have this conversation many times. It's part of the job, but yes. Yeah. No, it's every, and, and here's the problem. And that's why we're talking about it today. Is, right. Hey, just so you're aware. We just want you all to have a perspective. So when you go to the butcher shop, give your butcher a break. He's doing the best he can. You know what I'm saying? Um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm actually asking for mercy for your butcher because they right. they, they do do a lot of work. And uh, and it's a tireless thing. And they're not getting rich on it. Are they making money? Yes, as long as they get them all done. In a, uh, a wonder. That bull there, well, how'd that yield, Noah? That one right there? We're pointing at a young bull that we killed, Brad and I killed. How'd that one yield? That was the one I killed with a uh, with a bow. Better than Shaq. <laughs> it, no, um, it probably yielded just as good as Shaq. I don't know. There was no, a, yeah, there was there a, was a lot of meat no, on that No, because Shaq bull. was killed in September before yep. rut. Yeah. During rut. During the rut. Yeah, it was this, definitely during the middle of the this, rut. This bull was killed during the rut. The difference was this bull, I, I aimed so precisely with my bow that I just slipped the arrow right oh under its gosh. armpit, <laughs> and I was able to strategically cut the artery so he bled out. Um, Brian, you are one of the few people that aim for the brachial artery. I'm yeah. High fives, man. Good yes, job. exactly. That, and when, so, you, when you master that at level 39, of archery. Yeah, then call me. Th- you guys. Then you can do that. Otherwise. <laughs> lucky f- <laughs> oh, <my> gosh. <laughs> did that, oh, that sucker spray. <laughs> Dude, he did spray. So anyway, but but then we were able to get the truck up to him, <laughs> load him up whole and take him right to the butcher shop. 150 pounds. No, he was more than that. But anyway. No, 150 pounds of meat back. Oh, yeah, we got a ton of back. But then we had sausage made. We had we had boxes of meat. Yeah, you, got, you guys come around with that sausage. And it's just like, Dude, that's another thing, though. So, if you get sausage, you're getting boxes back. Well, and, and here's the other thing. It's funny. It's interesting that it was as long as we're talking about uh, sausage. Mm-hmm. So you guys make the best sausage. I, I, since before you guys Thank had you. that, I was always like, you know what? I'm so tired because, I mean, I basically always cut up my own stuff because it was like nobody – there was there was nothing that was special. You know, you'd get, you'd get salami and you'd try to cut it and it'd just come out. And instead of a, a slice, crumble. it'd just kind of go mush out, right? I was like, oh. Yum. Yeah, right, yum. <laughs> so in Nebraska where we used to go, they did a lot of cool stuff, and it was really good. And I can't even remember where we took that. But then we'd start. We'd started getting into these shows. Wisconsin, the Iowa butchers. They have good stuff, right? Yeah, they I mean, know what they're doing. They're just. It's a whole different deal if you're not used to it. And I was like, I, before when when that old dude Dick had the uh, butcher shop, I was like, we need you. You should just do this, Brian. I I want to have all of that. <laughs> Brad, be like, stuff. Brian, you need to do that. You need to buy that butcher. And then so we were like, we made a deal. We were like, we're gonna buy the coolers. So it was a Thursday afternoon when we closed in the butcher shop, and Brad calls, what are you up to? What's going on? And I, are we going shooting this weekend? And I go, well, I got to work on our coolers. I just uh, I, I bought the I bought the coolers. He goes, what? I go, yeah, I just, I just bought the coolers at the butcher shop. He goes, 
really? Are we putting them in my place? And I go, mm, I don't think they'll fit at your place. He goes, what do you mean you bought the, uh, the cooler? Because I was going to go in half-seas. Yeah. He goes, I thought we were doing that together. I go, well, <laughs> I actually just bought the butcher shop because I kept it on the low-low. And Brad's like, are you shitting me? <laughs> I go, nope. As of today, the, the uh, local spearfish butcher shop is owned by the Maiman family. <laughs> but but that nobody uh, is more excited than you. No, <laughs> no. That salami and all that stuff, the, the uh, jalapeno cheddar. Mm-hmm. So you guys have gone, because you're on a second generation of the jalapenos, right? Because the first jalapeno cheddar, it was perfect for my taste buds. And then didn't you guys switch jalapenos, and it got a little hotter? Oh no, um, no, <laughs> we, we no, um, uh, yeah. Well, there was a change. There was a change. It's not as hot now. But there what was I was what was I hot. was getting at is like this meat. You were talking about the muscle density, because you guys wouldn't uh, do that fancy sausage. For wild game, for I still a won't. Long time. I still won't. Noah makes exceptions for Noel Erickson and Jim Bonanno oh, well, and 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 next and, and Brad Dana um, and shit like that. But then, and, and I'm like, what? But and it's this. interesting because the because that's my favorite, the jalapeno cheddar, right? By far, and that's not by yeah, you far make your, your biggest whole goddamn deer. Uh, yeah, just just jalapeno cheddar that bad boy, and we're good, mm-hmm. right? But anyway, the muscle density is so different. That is a much hotter taste to oh, me. Well, well, so venison and elk, it, they they accept seasoning a lot better than beef. You know, um, it, it's it you're it's not going to get is uh, um, osmosis the the protein extract and the way we try to permeate the seasoning into the meat. It's just not going to happen with wild game because it's such a dense muscle. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it doesn't. It, so that's one of the places where you really notice. So you it. really notice it, especially you know it's it's hard to moderate. So it's the same every time, right? With wild game, yeah. That was yeah. just an aside. That had nothing to do with our topic of conversation. So we did. Here's here's a topic for conversation. We did less deer this year, okay, but we did more volume of meat this year because um, we do way more sausage than we used to. Gotcha. Do you see what I'm saying? And so well, what happens what is we became more of a specialty shop, which is what we wanted to do anyway. And um, it's we're not the place to bring your deer. If you just we charge a lot to have your deer processed. I shouldn't say a lot. We charge more than most. Yeah, we're we're more expensive. Not by than much. Most. We've we've also our quality in our processing and our process of how we do stuff has also increased the price of just market value when it comes to processing everyone else has came up to us because we we do deliver the sausage and people will have their deer processed through us for the sausage aspect yeah they get uh-huh. they, they get it back they you know they get their meat back and it's like you said yeah. it, it, it's worthy of eating right <laughs> no you know because it's it's fun because like that uh, which one of the one of the last elk we had all those sticks remember we had a ton of sticks. That was made. mine. That was yours. Yeah. I can't remember which one it was. Well, that's because anyway. you said, I said, what do you want? And you go, you know, Brian, we just give those sticks away mostly. And so we took them into elk camps. We took uh, them into deer camps everywhere. For the whole, and yeah, we you just, have that. You have that upright vertical yeah, freezer, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, that has all those shelves in yep. it. And it's easy for you to just go chunk into the yeah. cooler, chunk into the, and grab them. Yep. So we basically filled that whole freezer up with yeah. jalapeno cheddar. Two of them. I had two, two of them. 150 <laughs> pounds of sausage. 
That's yeah. how much you guys cut back on that thing. <laughs> we, yeah, you had a ton. <laughs> we oh went crazy. Goodness, right. But you know what? It, it was, was so good. I mean, everybody good. loved it. Every time you go hunting, because we almost we almost had you made some dogs or something, but almost everything was in sticks. The other thing you guys should all know is that that when you freeze sausage, wild game sausage. And this is just another – I feel like we've been all over with this, but hopefully you're picking a lot out of this podcast. Um, when you freeze wild game sausage, you're going to – when you pull it out and, and it unfrosts, it's going to look like it's got salt on it. Um, and you're going to taste like it's a little salty. That is not abnormal, and there's nothing wrong with it, unless it's mold, but you know what mold right. looks like. But that salty covering, you know, they they – they mix that sausage, they put it in there, they smoke it, and then they freeze it. And again, wild game doesn't, uh, you know, accept seasoning quite as well. And a lot of times that casing will hold that salty taste to it. And so that's not uncommon, and it's hard to It's hard manage. to do it. It's hard to freeze it. It doesn't it, – once it's frozen, it's a little bit different. It, it, but right. you know what? It's still super good because we – Right, we we munched on that for a year. I just there's a lot of quality processors out there that run into the same thing. Does that make right. sense? Um, yeah, I mean, and, and, there's and quality and a lot processors of people that are listening to this aren't coming to the back Black Hills Butcher Block because it's not right. It's not right. They're in Iowa, Minnesota, right. Indiana. Yeah, and 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 but the the butcher block. I mean, Noah knows a big processor in Indiana, and he knows a big one in Pennsylvania. And we actually use some of their software. Noah went out and saw their processing and they're great processors. Um, one of them, I think it's the Pennsylvania one does almost 4,000 head of animals, right? Are we good with saying their name? N- no. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would rather not. Um, yeah, they do. They, their record year was 4,100 head, <laughs> 4,100 head. So, you know, you think about a, a company that's 4,100 head and, and Noah went out there and wanted to see how they were doing it and everything and, and, and has met with the guy and we do Noah bought some of their software that they use. Um, but the fact of the matter is, there's a lot of quality processors. We all run up against the same thing. Right, 100%. And it's not, and, and we don't hate anybody for wondering where their meat was. Right. It's just, it's, it's a common misconception. And it that, is. that's what we decided to talk about. If because, we could educate you yeah. on that, when you get one back's back, you're thinking of this deer right there. Yep. And you're thinking of you taking a picture with this big, long right. deer. And if you cut it up right there, it would fit into four, it couldn't fit into four boxes. Right. Well, even in 2024, people aren't – nobody's picking through. Because I, I kept the, the heart on that one of those elk because mm-hmm. I was like, we're eating the heart on this, right? How often does that happen? Almost never. No. The liver never gets touched, right? None of that stuff – I mean, if you're really looking to be picky, none of that stuff gets used anymore. And Meat Eater, you know, he, God bless them. I'm not chopping somebody else's tree down to plant ours. But there's a lot of gray area in some of the content they deliver. Let's just put it that way. And I'm not trying to be controversial. It's just that, you know, like you just said, I got the liver. I got the heart. Um, You know, I don't know if he is an actual uh, chef or if he's just self-proclaimed on all this stuff. Um, But the fact of the matter is, you know what, who's who's pulling out the hearts? I was about to say, and that's why I'm going to piggyback this. You're a doctor. You might know, but most people don't know what a healthy heart looks like. They don't know what a healthy liver looks like. The only thing about organs that I always am, like, reserved on is unless you can be 100% sure, organs are where that sickness goes for right away and attacks. And people also undercook organs most of the time because they're like, oh, I don't want a really tough piece of heart. Newsflash. 
Heart stuff. Right. <laughs> You're not. Just, yeah. I like just my heart medium ball. rare. Yeah, pickling right. it. Pickling it's the best process for heart. Yeah. The other thing is, is don't Tongue. bring us your. If you're on this podcast and you listen to it, we don't bring do it to the, no. we, Don't bring us your heart, your liver. Uh, um, you want the most out of your animal. That's another good point, Noah. Take the liver out yourself. Take the heart out yourself. Take the inside tender those tenderloins. Mm -hmm. Take them out yourself, and you will yield more out of your animal because you'll have that in your freezer too. Well, there's an extra Do not bring pounds. that to us after you drug it around for two days. Well, the tenderloins, if you don't grab them oh. immediately, you lose sixty percent of them. And there's not enough. I mean, yeah. the tenderloins, in my opinion, you pop them out that immediately. <laughs> you slice them into little medallions, and you and cook you them the up in day. you cook them up in butter and. Yep. And enjoy them and have, yeah, exactly. basically, basically do a version of Chislick, right? Yep. So, but anyway, um, no, that's uh, you know, just be, just because we see so many people ask those questions, um, and and I feel sorry because like when I'm there and it's like, oh no, you got to come out here. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> I know what this talk is about. <laughs> Where, where's all my damn deer? No. Well, listen, if, for all you listeners, the best thing you could do is honestly. Um, I, we, what we don't want to do is discourage YouTube either. Go to YouTube and watch some of this stuff. And, and you know what the best way to get good at processing a deer is? Um, do it more than once. Um, the more you do it, the better you're going to get. Call call the Butcher Block. What's the Butcher Block's number? 605-2230, isn't it? Dang, good job. Yeah. Six, 605-642-2230. Call the Butcher Block. Ask for Noah. And um, you know what? You, 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 you want some help? <laughs> You want some help? Uh, call him. You know what? Um, he's there. He'd love to help you and uh, help you through it. Ask you want to get good at processing, um, learn, learn to process. The other thing is I will tell you this. Smoke sausage, smoke sausage, in my opinion, is the most overproduced part of wild game ever. And it is probably the biggest waste in the freezer at the end of every year because people get all this summer sausage made and then they get to the end of the next year and they go, I got all this summer sausage from two years ago. What do I do with it? Because you get tired of it and it only has uh, it has a limited application. Yeah, right, right. Does that it make doesn't sense? last as long. What about jerky? Do a lot of people do jerky? Yeah, we do a ton of jerky. Yeah, yeah. But what I would say you should do is you should do as much fresh sausage as possible. Bulk Italian, bulk hot Italian, bulk chorizo, bulk breakfast sausage, bulk uh, bratwurst. Because now you take a thing of Italian sausage, throw it in there, you can put it in spaghetti, you can put it in lasagna, you can make tacos out of it, you can do anything you want with it, and there's a m much more application for it, and it eats up to your family a lot better. We add 30% pork to it, you want to do it at home, add 30% pork, grind it in, and then what you do is you mix it up real good with ice, Salt, water, seasoning, all your stuff. Mix it with your hand after you've ground it once. And Until then, you can't feel them. And then you kill, you can't feel them. And it should be about 15 minutes because you're trying to extract all that protein and get that protein and that seasoning put together. Then once that's together, then grind it again. Now, we don't do this because we have big commercial mixers. But then grind it again the second time back through your grinder and then package it up in one or two pound packages and you'll love it all year long. It will be cold enough that you will only do it once because your hands will ache. <laughs> Just so you know, it's this. <laughs> but, but call Noah, call Dylan. They can work through it with you at the butcher shop and teach you how to do that. We have seasoning packs available. Um, uh, the butcher right. they, they, could, they could get that. Can can they call in and yeah your, buy seasoning? They can buy all like our jalapeno seasons. cheddar. We yep. can ship out. Do you yeah. do the? We can ship out all of it. Do you it. do the other award winning? Yeah, we do. You do those yep. too. The blueberry, oh, really? yep. blueberry, and what, what's that? Blueberry and are you talking about for a wild game? Yeah. No. no. Oh, not for wild game. <laughs> oh, did, okay. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, fuck no. No. That's why I didn't say it out no. loud at first. Yeah, I'm not no. ruining a good recipe. Okay. With deer. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, hey, thanks for anything else, Noah? What else? You want to tell a guy one thing? Closing note um, I'd like the question at the end of transactions, and this is for any hunter that goes to their butcher. If you go into a guy to process something that you're going to eat, you must have a little bit of trust in him. So, opposed to asking when you go to pick up your box, right? Opposed to asking if you don't get as much meat as you think. Instead of saying, oh, I wonder where all my meat went, right? Maybe, oh, I wonder what happened to my deer. I wonder what was wrong with my deer. And go ask your butcher that. Because 98% of the time, when you have a lower yield than an animal, we remember. We have to take pictures. We know. So if you ask us, opposed to us having to tell you, it's a better interaction altogether. So one of the other things I've seen, and I, I never even thought about this, but uh, you'll see some people come in, I want 25 pounds of this, I want 25 pounds of this, I want 30 pounds of this. And forty pounds of this. Well, that's our biggest that's, problem. Do the rest. Do the rest. That's that's actually our biggest problem is that that the person taking the deer in, they don't have that. That's probably the butcher's biggest problem, not just with us, but every during wild game they get a guy out there that takes a cutting order and he doesn't have the experience. ability or experience, yeah. and he hasn't developed the approach to say, Brad. Um, you, you don't have enough deer here to do right. 15 pounds of burger, 15 pounds of broads, yeah. 15 pounds of summer sausage. You shot this deer three times. You're going to have to pick. It's the other thing. I want all my own meat back. I'm not making two, three pound batches of sausage for you. Right. Okay. You want all your own meat back. That's fine. You got to have 15 pound batches or better. That interaction though. You see, I explained that calmly and you were like, yeah, absolutely. No problem. Right. After the fact, when you have hey, you, I ordered yes. Hey, you, brother, you well, did. Hey, you didn't. Did get you it. not listen <laughs> to my order? <laughs> exactly. So, so now the anticipation at the local butcher shop, the guy's going back and go. In his mind, when he drove away, fucking a, two hundred pounds. I got fifteen pounds yes. of brats. I got fifteen pounds of hot dogs. I got fifteen pounds, and then all the extra. I'm gonna have this abundance after they make steaks roast 15 pounds of hot dogs 15 pounds of bratwurst 15 pounds of summer sausage and then i told them to jerky the rest of it i'm gonna have bags of jerky you're gonna <laughs> so have all i want I, I would like 80 pounds of ribeyes please 80 <laughs> pounds of ribeyes? if we're, we we're can working figure out how to turn a deer into ribeyes for brad <laughs> Wow. That'd be the best one. Oh man, that should anyway. be that'd be a good idea. You drop off a deer and then you get ribeyes back oh. in the box. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds uh, sounds like communication is a big part of it. Noah. It's that's that's life nowadays. We talked about originally where Brad was asking about. He's like, oh well, um, what would what did the interview ask her? And we said, well, you want to shop local. You want to have a face that you can talk to. That transparency, especially nowadays, there's there's not much. Huge. It's yeah. huge. Yeah. So being able to talk to someone, being able and honestly, when people go, hey Noah. You got to go talk to this guy. I'm all right with it because at the end of the day, you can solve problems. It'd be better than them having to call into customer service, talk to some guy they can't understand, and sit on the phone for 45 minutes. That's what also separates us, though. You can right, talk right. to a face. So, yeah. Well, listen, field to table is absolutely the best way. If you're going out hunting, that animal deserves to be brought to somebody's table. Um, at the butcher shop, we do donated deer. We do, oh, we're part of Hunters for Hunger. We're part of all those programs. The last thing we want to do is see waste, too. And I don't know of a butcher shop of all my buddies that I went to meet science school with that own butcher shops today. None of them wake up in the morning and go, I hope to piss off a hunter today by not giving him as much deer back as he wanted from the animal he harvested. That's actually quite the opposite. 
We're all trained to want to to protect that muscle. I always say see it, smell it, save it. See it, if it looks bad, smell it. If it's good, let's save it. And so see it, smell it, save it. The animal needs to be honored. We want to make the best out of it we can. We live by that at the Black Hills Butcher Block. I know most butcher shops do, and they want to do as best job as possible. So in, anyway, I hope today helped. You know, um, if you have any questions, you can call the butcher uh, shop and ask Noah. Um, even if you're not a part of this community local and you want to talk to Noah about, hey, listen, I cut a deer, give us a call. Um, the Black Hills Butcher Block.com, Black Hills Butcher Block.com. Um, we have all, what's that? Or our Facebook. And or our Facebook. Um, go follow them on Facebook, um, right? Any yep. Anything else I'm missing? No, yeah. Um, Noah, Noah would love to help you. Yeah, it's a passion. Come give me a call. I'll talk to you about the meat industry for two hours. It'll be awesome. <laughs> and, uh, but field to table is the best um, uh, because there's no select choice or prime deer. There's just the deer you shot. Let's do the best we can with it. Let's put it on your table. It's organic as organic gets. We just had an interview by a gal today that came in from the local Fox News station that, uh, that heard great things about your butcher shop. And it's funny because um, you ask her, first question you ask her, oh, do you eat steak and you like meat? And she was a beautiful young 23-year-old girl and um, very charming lady. And she said, with all the confidence in the world, she said, no, I'm a vegetarian. And I, my head spun around and I said, so what makes a 24-year-old young lady like you? Um, and I said, that's kind of su- surprising because you have a nice complexion. I was giving her a shot and she didn't really take it well. Actually, she didn't take it bad. She just kind of chuckled. But the fact of the matter is, is that she, she said, I grew up on a farm. We killed everything ourselves. We created it. At least she had and a reason. Ate it. And she, she goes, I just personally don't like it. I'm not vegan. I'm a vegetarian, but I do eat all the byproducts. I have no problem. I just don't like it. And she said, my dad and my brother love it. They're going to love this place. And she did this whole interview and was so into it. Listen, at the end of the day, um, we we all She and are I are basically the same. I'm a vegetarian, too. I just need it recycled in the meat. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But at the end of the day, you know what? Um, we w- we want to help you get your answers. But uh, this is the most organic meat you can have is wild game. We love you out hunting and anything we could ever do at the Butcher Block to help Noah's here to do it. So anyway, until next time, stay safe, be healthy, and happy hunting. Cut.